It is Kentucky Derby week, but the grind does not stop elsewhere. Still have other things to discuss, like racing at Santa Anita, racing opening up at Louisiana Downs. We'll also dive into this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper, a little WWE uh, version. And then Darren Zocali will join us to give out a best bet on the Kentucky Derby undercard and share his thoughts on the Derby. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on this episode of That's What G Said. Now, if you're looking for more horse racing, we have a full Kentucky Oaks Friday preview show that's already out. We cover races 5 through 11, all the stakes races with different guests, and they all share thoughts on the on the Derby. Then for Saturday, we cover all the stakes races for Saturday Churchill, races 4 through 12, all with different guests who as well share their thoughts on the Derby. So everything you need for Friday, Saturday, Churchill is already taken care of. On this episode, we'll talk some Friday, Santa Anita, Saturday, Louisiana Downs. We'll get a best bet with Darren Zocali and then some thoughts from him on the Derby. And then we'll get into wrestling with Chad Cooper. This week, we're just going to talk mainly WWE. We'll preview Backlash and we'll recap the WWE draft. Now, those of you listening sure you're interested in sports and wagering, you really have to take a look at Thrive Fantasy. ThriveFantasy.com or download the Thrive Fantasy app. It is a DFS app. It's a fantasy app. You download the app, you deposit, you put your money in. Anytime you deposit, use that promo code G-I-N-O because it'll get you a deposit match bonus from 25 all the way up to 250. And you can play in contests where you're playing against 100 other people, $20 to enter, you win back 400 if you're the winner, 200 in second, they pay out like the top 20 prizes. And you're not playing against a, a bunch of thousands of bot entries and computer-generated entries. Maybe you're someone who likes to play props. I do. You can parlay props. Two, two prop parlay, three prop parlay, four prop parlay for a dollar all the way up to a thousand. If you're in the state of California, yep, you can do it. If you're in the state of Texas, yep, you can do it. ThriveFantasy.com. Use that promo code G-I-N-O. Let's dive right into the horse racing portion of this episode. We'll give out some plays for Friday Santa Anita, and we'll talk about opening day and the meet coming up at Louisiana Downs. <music> Horse racing fans, many of us have been using the DRF, the daily racing form, for years, studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles. I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack, wherever I was going. Now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF Mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to DRF.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse 
and you get those same DRF pass performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts for replays if you get the formulator version and even on the classic past performances you get the home screen with horses with odds with buyers you get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph you can rotate your phone for the best view and any horse that you click on you'll see the running lines you can easily move from horse to horse the same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances you get an interactive format which is very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone, cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next and then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering multiple formats to view you got the overview page with recent speed figures current days odds easy access to expert selections and analysis you got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse and you got those traditional drf pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones they are constantly upgrading improving and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at drf.com better you want to spread your pony knowledge Download the Stable Duel app and play today. Daily horse racing contest. Some days they have free games where they actually pay out cash prizes. Stable Duel. Download that app and get your entries in. Play, race, win. Let's get over to Santa Anita for Friday. Remember this weekend coming up on Saturday and Sunday, those Pick'em contests are back at Santa Anita. They're free to enter. Pick'em, P-I-C-K-E-M dot Santa dot com. That's the website to enter. 500 bucks to the winner every Saturday, every Sunday. And what these contests are, they are combinations of props. So sports props, baseball, basketball, hockey right now when football is going. And then they also ask you questions about the racing of that day. So pick the winner of race number four, which race is going to have the highest payout questions just like that. It's a lot of fun, free to enter. Might as well take a shot every Saturday and every Sunday. Let's take a shot at some races on Friday. Let's move to race number three for Friday. I'm looking at the six in here. I just didn't think there was all that much speed in this particular race. It's a six and a half. um, No, excuse me, six furlong straight six on the turf. And I'm going to the outside with the number six, Professor's Pride, getting Lasix for the first time. This filly had a long layoff from April of 2022 all the way to March, so almost an entire year off. You can excuse a couple of her races in, you know, she tried the turf a couple times against much, much better before. Now she catches a field that she's just way faster than. I honestly don't know how good she is, but she should have a few lengths on this field 
Second off the bench, she'll be a lot fitter. You have Maldonado aboard who will be sending hard from the outside, and she gets Lasix for the first time. The number six, Professor's Pride, sending hard from the outside. 10 to 1 on the morning line. Anything over six seems like fair value there. Let's move to race number seven, and let's take a look at the number five, Inch. This one is going to get a little more pace to run at in here. He has actually won another race where he crossed the wire first, but he was disqualified from purse money. So it wasn't like he did something in the race. He actually did win that race, um, was disqualified after. He's just a deeper closer who will come running late, pick up pieces. But in here, let's kind of look at the field. And this is a six and a half for a long race. Uh, straight six and a half, so not down the hill. You have Thunderheart, who has some speed from the inside. Doncic will be pretty close up. Law Abiding's very, very quick. Mark's hip is really quick. Westward Look is cutting back, but this guy's also pretty fast. Can't Beat the Rock is not exactly slow. I can see a lot of them all pushing the pace in here. Could set up nicely for Inch to come running. He's got a force to take back last time out in between horses. He had to angle around. He finished third. It wasn't like he was ever going to win. Some of that trouble just happened early in it, and it just pushed him a little farther back. Let's move to the ninth. I'm looking at the number five in here. This one's name is Annie's Hope. She's going to make her second career start. So in her debut, she didn't really show much, and that's fine. Carla Gaines never has the horses ready to fire for the debut. She's only 3% with first-time starters. She's 12% with second-time starters. They just get so much better. This filly, her dam was a four-time winner on the turf. She produced two winning turf siblings. I'm expecting Annie's hope to show a lot of improvement in race number nine on Friday. So a look for Friday. A couple best bets at Santa Anita while you're playing the Kentucky Oaks card. Kick back and enjoy. Toss in a few plays over at Santa Anita. Follow along on Twitter. It's me, Gino B. We'll have some plays for Saturday Santa Anita and for Sunday Santa Anita but follow along there on social media because we'll be posting them with some videos coming up in the next few days we move from Santa Anita on Friday to Saturday and our friends at Louisiana Downs are opening back up their thoroughbred meet kicks off on May the 6th all the way through September the 12th Saturday Sunday Monday racing to start the meet and Maybe a few Tuesdays later on sprinkled in there. Seven races some days, eight races some days. They did lower that takeout last year on the pick fours and the pick fives to 15%. Win place show takeout only 17%. And every day that they're racing at Louisiana, I'll be providing some best bets, coverage on Twitter. I'm going to send in a video every day to the broadcast last year i actually did the simulcast each and every day i just wasn't able to do that with my schedule this year the way it is but i still will be able to cover louisiana every day we'll still be looking at their races we'll still be promoting them here on the show and on social media so louisiana downs saturday i've got two best bets coming up in race number one let's just kick off the the card and the meet with Shane Wilson, last year's leading trainer, and Jose Guerrero, the number three main dude, catches a field that just does not look to have a whole lot of speed on paper, and he has proven speed, even though it was a little bit longer, 
Most recently, he wasn't too far off sprinting, going seven furlongs. He's actually been facing better in the bulk of his career, made in special weights, Louisiana breads, and then made in claimers at the $20,000 level over at Fairgrounds and Evangeline. This should be a lot softer spot for him. And if he can get the lead on the cutback with a really good speed rider aboard and the blinkers on, I think main dude could be very tough to catch and run down in here. The number three main dude in race number one at Louisiana Downs on Saturday opening day. Let's move to race number six. There is a seven race card on opening day at Louisiana. So the sixth race is an important one. It's part of the late pick four and the late pick five. I like the two Louisiana flash. This four-year-old hasn't done a whole lot wrong in his career. He debuted back in September of last year and showed speed that day before fading. He was 50 to one. Then in his second start, big time improvement. He was a runner-up that day, and he kept knocking on the door for a while. Following that, in maiden special weight races, he was always showing good speed, always running well. He ran into a few pretty nice horses who would come back to win their next start, and then finally put it all together at Sam Houston on April the 7th. And that was actually against open company against maiden special weights that day. He has some speed. He can also sit off the pace a little bit, and he's going to make the third start of the form cycle, third start for the new barn, uh, back in this new barn's care, and you know, third start of that long layoff, off the long layoff, so I guess it wasn't a long layoff, just a couple months, but Louisiana Flash should be primed and ready for a very good effort, the number two, five to one on the morning line. So there's a look at Louisiana Downs for Saturday. We'll post some plays for Sunday on Twitter, again, with a a video. So come and hang out on social media. If you're looking for some Louisiana Downs Sunday and Monday plays, we'll have coverage of them all throughout their meet. Darren Zocali joins us next for some best bet. Actually, he gives us one best bet on the Kentucky Derby undercard. And then DZ gives us his thoughts on the Derby, Darren Zocali talking Derby and Derby undercard. Time to talk a little Derby with DZ, my good friend Darren Zocali. You hear him on this show many, many times talking racing, talking wrestling, old wrestling, new wrestling. Anytime I've ever needed, DZ has come aboard and helped us out with any type of sports, football, you name it. We've talked about it. And um, really, Darren, I wanted to bring you on because, man, I, I think. I wanted to give you a chance just to plug and for me to plug a lot of the great work you've been doing on social media lately. You did some really good analysis the last couple of weeks, just basically like thinking out loud stuff, you know, like as you're handicapping, which I thought was really good. And I've seen a lot of people respond to. And then another thing was really nice. You just went ahead and you put a, a tweet together of all of Derma Sotogake's races. So anyone that wants to watch those races doesn't have to go and try to find them all individually. They're right on a, a tweet altogether, and you can get a chance to see how good that horse really is and all of them. So more than anything, I know you're always doing good work, but in particular, the last couple of weeks, you've been really putting a lot of good work out there to, to help some of us. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Derby, there's always an abundance of information and uh, you, you don't, there's so much of it out there. You don't always know the right place to look to find it. Yeah. So being able to, you know, put together all of those races from, from Dermasota Gake and this way you could just click on the links on the tweet I thought was helpful. And it got, that, that tweet especially got a really positive response. And uh, so I'm, I'm definitely happy to see that. And, 
Yeah, just as I started to go through the horses one by one and watch their replays and really deep dive into them, when you, it's interesting because you think you have opinions of these horses from the prep races. You know, you kind of have like these mm-hmm. almost knee-jerk reactions to, to a prep race. But when you go back and you watch them all from one particular horse in succession, you start to notice certain things that maybe you didn't notice before. You get a feel uh, for the horse too, right? Yeah. Like who they, who they are, their quirks, their like idiosyncrasies, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. And just like, just as an example, you know, like practical move. Up, in, uh, up until I watched all of his replays in a row, I did not realize that his three most recent victories all came with an identical trip. And then exactly. I, and then I, yeah. And then I start going through his races and say, wow, this horse has really never made an aggressive move around horses. Everything he's ever done has been waiting for a hole to open. He's been fortunate, fortunate enough to have it open. And just kind of holding his ground and, and saving every inch of ground to kind of cut the corner. Um, if I if I realized it after watching a race, wow, he got a good trip there. Wow, he got a good trip there. I didn't remember until I watched the three races in a row that he literally got the same trip in three straight races. So stuff like that is valuable. And not just my interpretation of it, but just a way to kind of go through these horses. And you can really kind of formulate opinions and really understand what you're seeing by by going through them race by race, line by line. At the track seven is where you can follow Darren on Twitter, and you can get a lot of that really good information. Um, and uh, you can also see some pictures floating around of DZ hosting the trainer's dinner, the MC looking sharp out there last night, Kentucky Derby week. Love seeing DZ out there. So, uh, Darren... I, in talking with you the last few days, you and I and Andrew and some of us, we go back and forth a lot and, and text chats and talk about different things here and there. And you've been sharing some of your thoughts on on these horses. And I got to say, honestly, I didn't have the strongest opinion of this group. Just not not that I don't think it's a good or bad group, whatever. I just I couldn't really get to one or two horses that I really liked. And I'm starting to narrow it down. And you were kind of pointing me to a, a couple horses. And I mean, the first one that we were just talking about here is, is Derma Sotogake. And what I think is so impressive about him is just, he's not just a speed horse either, right? We've seen from these races, this is a, this is a legitimate race horse that can do different things. And maybe he doesn't win the Derby, but I, he, I'm, I'm convinced this is a legitimate horse. He is. I, I I really don't think you can argue that that he's not a legitimate horse. Uh, so I've spent some time out here since I got out here to Kentucky, talking to some of the the people uh, close to the horse, um, uh, Kate Smith, uh, the first of Mitch, who travels with the horse everywhere. Uh, she really kind of gave me you know some some good information in the fact that how he's kind of moved around from country to country, how the surfaces of the tracks are are in. Uh, direct contrast to one another. I don't, I don't have any understanding of what a dirt track in Japan is made of. And uh, she brought it to my attention that they are very kind of deep, sandy racetracks. Um, whereas as he progressed from there up through Dubai, which is up to the Dubai, which is a much firmer uh, racetrack and Churchill, which is even firmer than that. He seems to have taken to these surfaces even better than he did to the ones in Japan, which are a completely different type of surface. So I, 
that's something I never could have possibly known. But you're 100% right. He just found his way to the lead last time because the rider decided he was on the best horse and wanted to make them all catch him, and they couldn't. But he's won races going around horses. He's won races slicing his way through in between horses. He's won in 16 horse fields. He's been racing at a mile and an eighth since June of his of his uh, two-year-old season. The only thing, in my opinion, that is his major hurdle is does going from Japan to Saudi to Dubai to Kentucky in a two-and-a-half-month period finally catch up to him because it takes its toll. Yeah. I can't possibly answer that question. We have no but idea. I don't think he. I don't think he's getting beat on a lack of ability. No, and, and this is a year where this type of horse could win. It, yes. it just feel it's the it's a wide enough open year to where there's nobody overwhelmed that overwhelms the hell out of you on speed figures and feels like there's so much of a standout head and shoulders above the rest. And we know that the prog- the progression that Japan has made and the heat. It's funny. I don't even think he's going to be that much of an underlay based on this field. Like for the people that don't want to play this horse because he's a Japanese horse and we haven't seen it yet. And it's a UAE Derby thing. Okay. I understand that. And maybe they're just going to be say, I don't want to play it until I've seen it. I'd sort of rather be before the trend than after if he, if he is 10 to one, eight, 10 to one. And like the fourth choice in this field, I mean, that's, I think that's probably where he should be compared to this field. You take like three horses that are probably more proven here with this style of racing. And we know, but there's this built-in ceiling to this horse that, that we don't even know about. A hundred percent. And, you know, you also have the added element of Mandarin hero who went to the Santa Anita Derby and ran practical move to a nose on the wire. And if you compare Mandarin hero to Derma Sotagake and not to, put down where Mandarin, Mandarin Hero has been running, but the way it was explained to me, he was running on the circuit that you run at where you haven't proven to be good enough on Derma Sotagaki circuit or you weren't successful enough on that top circuit and you moved down. So technically, it's a horse coming from a quote-unquote B-level circuit running second by a nose in the Santa Anita Derby, whereas Derma Sotagaki has been racing in the top flight races on dirt in Japan and winning some of them in addition to the races uh, or the race in Dubai in the UAE Derby. So um, that is also at play here. Um, I, I don't, I don't think nine to one on him is an underlay. I think that's pretty much, you know, once you get past Forte, tap it twice, you know, maybe an angel of empire. Uh, I think the next line of horses, you know, Derma Sotogaki is right there with the rest of them. Completely agree. Completely agree. And that's why, to me, it just doesn't feel like an underlay in this spot. There's, I'm not letting this horse beat me in any exotics to to close pick fours, pick fives, or anything. He's going to be one of my one of my like a top horses that I'm using all over. And another one, DZ is the one is one that I don't know if he's your top top horse right now, but I know he's a horse that you've been really really high on and uh, sharing a lot about. And that's two fills. Yeah, I, I like him quite a bit. I mean, I haven't, it, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday, so I haven't. So yeah, things change. Yet, Top pick with that kind of stuff's irrelevant. It's just he's he's a use for you. He's yeah. on. He's in the mix for sure. He he gives me Animal Kingdom vibes, and and I say that not just because they won the same prep race, but he's obviously had extensive history on dirt. Animal Kingdom up until uh, winning a Turfway was a, was a turf horse. 
But the Animal Kingdom vibes is actually more in line with what Animal Kingdom went on to do after that. Animal Kingdom can run on anything. Sloppy track, fast dirt track, synthetic turf. Didn't matter. This horse, it does not matter what you put in front of him. He performs well. You want him to sprint? He can sprint. He's made the lead going six furlongs. Uh, you want to stretch him out? No problem. He can do that. You want to stretch him out on synthetic? No problem. You want to throw a sloppy track at him? No problem. He wins by five lengths. This is a very, very versatile horse with a lot of talent that is getting better. He's a big, good-looking son of Hardspur. He's grown and, and developed physically. And all I think he needs to do is work out a trip to really step forward. If people are going to shy away from him because they think the big figure is only on synthetic, I think that's a mistake because if you go back and you watch his races on dirt, yeah, maybe he got collared late in the LeCompte and the Risen Star, but I think he's a better horse now. I think he might have moved a little bit prematurely in those races. I agree. And and I, it, it, it comes down to trip. And on top of that, it, you know, listen, uh, I'm not saying that you need to watch every workout, but the April 27th workout at Hawthorne is is really something to behold. He is moving like a freight train, gobbling up that deep surface, looks to be completely full of himself. Uh, all reports are that he couldn't be doing any better. So I, I just don't have any negatives. And he's going to probably be 13, 14 to 1 at post time. And uh, I think he's a legitimate win contender. Yeah, I, I just keep warming up more and more to him. The more I dive into him, the more I talk to people. Um, anyone else on your radar? Anyone else that right now, a few days out, will probably be in the mix for you? Uh I think the horse that I think is probably the most talented horse in the field also comes with a, a question of mentality with Tappet Trice. Sure. Um, I, I think he's just a, a sensational talent. I, I think he did grow up from a teenager to a man between the Tampa Bay Derby and the bluegrass mentally. Yeah, it looked like he kind of had multiple moves in that race, right? Like the, the gears, like he was able to move to get into position, move again to get into better position, and then move to get up. That like that should have been a race that verifying won. Yes, yeah, I I, I completely agree. Um, and it, he was a little bit handier in that race than he was mm -hmm. in Bay Derby. Now, granted, look, he's still a tappet, you know. And he's still that, quirky. He's still quirky, and Saez does have to ride him at different parts of the race to get him to. I don't know if it's remain interested, keep his position, whatever it may be. But it's not because the horse is tired; it's just the way he runs. Um, yep. You know, he needs to obviously avoid traffic and avoid trouble like the rest of them. But I do think he's an extremely talented horse uh, and, and one that is absolutely going to be on my radar. Another one that I'm interested in is Steve Asmussen's Disarm. Uh, and this is a horse that I kind of warmed to recently. Um, I, and really from watching his replays, his debut was really, really good, where he made up considerable ground after a tough trip. His second lifetime start where he defeated Arthur's Ride, who at the time was a nice horse by six lengths at Saratoga. Really showed me something there. I think Rocket Can was actually in that race as well and finished farther back in the field. Then he ran second, coming back off a layoff and a fine effort at Oakland. He was second to Kings Barnes in the Louisiana Derby, which was a paceless race that he made up more ground than anybody. Granted, he did it cutting the corner and coming up the inside, but he still closed into some very slow fractions. And the Lexington Stakes at first did nothing for me, and I was almost tossing him off that because I wanted to see more. But then the more I look into it, Okay, well, he ran in the Louisiana Derby towards the end of March. They had a call, a quick audible. They gave him two quick, very workmanlike breezes before the Lexington. You take a look at the Lexington. The horse breezed in 50-3, and 50-1, and one, 
went around the racetrack just to get himself enough points to get into the field. And now they kind of put the screws to him and he got a couple of better workouts. And Steve Asmussen is giving off some confident vibes on the back. He's a little sneaky. I know. I yeah, know. Where, and, and I think the theme from Asmussen, from what I, in speaking to him uh, at the trainer's dinner, even, even off camera was, um, they really believe that, that this horse has more to offer. Um, they can't guarantee that he's going to do it on Saturday, but they believe that this horse is, is better than he's shown so far. And, and they think the Lexington actually almost proved to be a bit of a tightener for him. And he's in a much better place now physically than he was going into that race. So uh, take that for what it's worth. But at a big number, uh, I think he has a legitimate chance to, to hit the board in the exotics. Darren's doing a great work for Twin Spires. He has um, all sorts of selections, different content, video stuff. If you follow him on Twitter, the one I mentioned, if you follow him at the track seven, you'll be able to check out all that great content and as well as some of his analysis and written stuff for the Derby. And he always does a really good job of just uh, of, of sharing thoughts on, on the big races. But DZ, there's more than just this one big race this weekend. There's a, some really good opportunities all day Friday, all day Saturday. Is there another horse anywhere on the those couple days, a best bet that you have somewhere, a horse to, for us to, to use in a, a pick for or put a few bucks to win on? Yeah, in, in the Pat Day Mile, I'm a big fan of General Jim. Yeah. Um, Shug McGee's horse, uh, you know, he got a big effort from him in the swale. Because he was supposed to run where was it in the was it in the Fountain of Youth? Yes. In one, and then they they had a little hiccup, right? And but he's been back and been working really well leading up to it. Yeah, that's exactly correct. The progression in the workouts leading up to a forty-seven and two breeze at Belmont over a sloppy track, which is a serious move over that track when it gets wet. Um, They picked a good spot for his return. He catches a race that's got some speed. I think he should be able to work out a good mid-pack stalking trip. Saez back aboard. McGahey, you know, picks his spots better than anybody. Um, stretching back out to a one-turn mile, that doesn't bother me in the least. Uh, and I, I just think he's a he's a real nice horse that we still have not even seen the best of. And I think McGahey's going to bring him into this race ready to fire a big shot. In, when you look at the race, too, not only is it full of speed, but it's full of speed and it only has like two or three proven closers. Yeah. In the whole race, like you, you really have to sort of like, hmm, you think that horse is going to close like some of them are horses that have shown some route speed going longer. So maybe you think they can sit a trip. But as far as like true proven closing horses, he's like the perfect he has the perfect template for the horse that style should win this race like spot on. Oh, I totally agree. The, I, I was I, the other horse that I looked at for a similar reason was Gun Pilot, who I thought was going to yeah. actually work out a pretty good trip here. Yeah, I was trying to get there with Bourbon Bash a little bit. You know, like Und- to yeah, say, maybe he yeah. can like sit a trip at a price, and I might use him underneath a little bit because they can they can pick up some pieces. But I there just aren't very many that truly want to sit about four lengths off and pass you. Yeah, and and the thing with General Jim is. You know, I don't think just because there's a lot of speed means he has to be that far back. No. Nope. Yeah. I, I think he's got enough tactical speed to get himself in a good position. He does just because there's a lot of speed doesn't mean he's going to be sitting ninth in this race. No. Nope. You know, nine lengths behind the behind the leaders. Uh, I think he's tactical. I, I think he's handy. And uh, and with, with some of these horses, you know, like a frosted departure, like a bourbon bash, you know, we, we know what they are. Curly Jack, we know what yep. they are. Yep. Not quite sure we know exactly what General Jim is, and I think there's a lot more upside there as well. 
yeah, that Mucho Macho man, he he had a brutal trip. He would have won that race. He, oh, he yeah, got, he was blocked the entire He race. was, like, just so full of run. And then he came back in the swale, and he ran down a, a nice sprinter named Super Chow, who was in really good form um, at yeah. that time, like, really, really sharp. I completely agree with you. He's, like, a must-use in the Pat Day mile. And in a race that it's a, a big field, like, that's the type of race that very few people want to single or key in on a horse like that. And if you can... In that, in a field of fourteen like that, if you can build a lot of stuff around him, he's gonna play play higher in the in the pick fours and fives and in the multis because everyone spreads in that race. Oh yeah, yeah. When you see a big field like this of three year olds, it's just like, oh man, you know, you know, bef- you almost flip the page to try to look for the single someplace before, else so you can back. like yeah. save a few for yeah, so you can save a few uh, bullets here, you know, for for this race. But yeah. um, general Jim. A must use for DZ, and I completely agree on that one, buddy. Again, thank you so much. I really wanted to get you on to uh, to pick your brain a little, and and to to get a chance to let everybody know about uh, that that extra resource that they can use with the uh, with your Twitter account out there because it it was very helpful to me throughout some of my handicapping and just you know when there's people that you know and you trust their work, you always just want it, to. It's it's interesting to see how they think about certain horses that you think positively or negatively, and. um Always love uh, love talking with you, buddy. I can't can't thank you enough. Every time we uh, we have you on here, you've you've been one of the big big parts of my uh, my podcast and helping me make a lot of money and uh, and helping us um, have some fun through a, a dark time of the pandemic a few years ago. Yeah, it's nice to be talking about a derby back the way it, uh, it's always been. So uh, yep. yeah, uh, always a pleasure to be on. Obviously, talk racing with you. And remember, head to. Uh, Head to Twin Spires to get those bets in, guys. We got money backs on every race at Churchill Downs all of Derby Week. So, um, you know, you got a little bit of an insurance policy at Twin Spires. Be sure to opt in and up to $10 in all eligible races. If there's at least five horses in the race, you get money back if you run second. If there's at least eight horses in the race, you get money back second and third. It's not just the Derby. It's not just the Oaks. It is every race with the minimum number of entries all Derby Week long at Twin Spires. Great promotions over there. even like when you're playing early week stuff, a lot of the time you guys have really yeah. great stuff, like all throughout the week, all different tracks, all different levels and a really good, uh, really good crew over there. I saw blaze. One of my old producers from TVG was hanging out with you yeah. uh, at the dinner the other night. And a lot of the staff and the the crew that you do videos with Scott Shapiro, excellent job there. Uh, Nick Tamara, I've seen you do a lot of work with there. So Really good crew over there. Um, make sure to give DZ a follow and check out some of their fantastic resources if you need help and when you want to make wagers this week for the Derby. Thanks so much, buddy. Have fun. Don't work too hard. Go have a drink or two. Oh, I'm definitely planning on it at some yeah, point or yeah. another. I, ha- I had a nice, I had a nice old fashioned last night Beautiful. after the we wrapped up the uh, the trainers dinner. But uh, if you haven't seen that video, there's a couple of really funny moments. You head to uh, to YouTube and just type in. Uh, the uh, KTA trainers dinner. And uh, there's a couple of funny, uh, funny tidbits in there from Ken McPeak and even from the Japanese contingent as well. So check it out. DZ buddy. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes of your time on a busy, busy week. I'll talk to you very soon, my friend. I'm sure we'll be, we'll be going back and forth a lot the next few days. I'm sure buddy. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much. Do not go anywhere though, folks. We have a lot more to come on. That's what G said. Big thank you to DZ for taking a few minutes out of his busy schedule. He's out there uh, on the grounds this week, lot, taking part in a lot of the festivities, hosting a dinner the other night for the trainers, emceeing, 
Good luck, DZ, with all your plays this weekend. We'll finish up with wrestling with Chad Cooper. Before we do, we want to let all of you know about one of the longtime sponsors of this podcast, full-service realtor Cindy Carava. Now, as a full-service realtor, she can help you out with buying, with selling, with leasing. If you need help getting connected to the right type of vendors who can help you with home improvement, like gardeners, landscapers, painters, she has great, great connections with all sorts of very, very trustable folks that she's worked with and she has experience with. Maybe you need help with the right type of lenders. She'll connect you with the uh, the folks that'll help make that process so much easier. They will expedite that process for you. That's her job. She just wants to make your life easier. CindyCarava.com. C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com. We finish up this week with a backlash preview. WWE backlash taking place from Puerto Rico on Saturday. And WWE just had the draft. Everything was shaken up this week. Some go from Raw to SmackDown. Others from SmackDown to Raw. Others coming up from NXT. Koopa Loop. The photog to the stars. Chad Cooper joins us for a WWE edition of This Week in Wrestling. Oh, it's that time of the week again. It's time to talk wrestling. And I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to get Chad Cooper on the line this week. I had multiple calls with his secretary. She kept putting me on hold. I kept getting shuffled down. All of his uh, tweets and, and, and posts are getting so much interaction that my comments don't even get seen on them. My DMs to Chad just keep getting shuffled down. Chad Cooper's interacting with Kinsuke Nakamura, Chelsea Green, Arian Cross. Yeah, he's too cool for school nowadays. Uh, really excited to see our buddy Chad Cooper's photos uh, getting all around. And Koopa Loop, my man, fun week for you. It was it was great to, uh, to see you, to go see a wrestling show live, and you got to interact and uh, take photos of a, a lot of the stars. Yeah, WWE Owl Show came uh, came here to Texas. I uh, was able to snag a photo pass and do some photos for the WWE, and uh, several of the superstars uh, appreciated uh, and liked several of my photos and uh, actually... Uh, quoted a tweet and then several used on their Twitter and on their Instagram and it, uh, you know that's a very satisfying and uh, so I became become a new mark for Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, now I'm officially in the cross mark carrying cross and Scarlet uh, fan club so uh, I, I've, my card is punched and uh, I'm ready to go and defend uh, defend those two in honor and of course everyone knows that uh, I, I I'm a, I'm a fanboy of Chelsea Green. Uh, her and I uh, go back several years when she used to come to Texas and do a lot of indie stuff. So uh, it was fun. It was fun. I love awesome, I love man. house shows. Love house they're, shows, man. They're, they're so good. And yeah. even even something to the lighting, right? When they oh, kind of yeah. tune the lights down a little. They oh, just yeah. Get the spotlight. It's, it's got it's that more cool. intimate. It's more yeah. intimate. You get great matches. I mean, where are you going to see Shinsuke and L.A. Knight go 15 minutes? Where are you going to see... Uh, Seamus uh, go 20 minutes with Solo Sakaya. Uh, it's just, it's, it's fun. House shows are fun. And you know, there's not those odd commercial breaks, but uh, it was, uh, it was the night right after the SmackDown draft. So we got to see kind of a, a, a variety of people and uh, yeah, it's fun. And it's uh, the draft rocking and rolling right behind the NFL draft. A uh, lot of good stuff. Uh, as we march on to backlash and then boom, we'll start uh, with the new rosters, man. Okay, I'm going to mention some of the things that kind of stood out or maybe were a little different 
during the draft, and we'll see if we can uh, kind of pick through anything that looks like it might change. We have Bianca and the Street Profits headed to SmackDown, so give me that, give me that heel team up, like I've talked about, Coop. I want it. <laughs> I want, I want that heel Bianca Belair. I want the uh, the Street Prop. I could even see like a double turn where like Rhea were to go face. Right, Rhea could become a baby face And Bianca could become a heel at some point I could actually even see that being something that happens Street Profits go over there We could definitely get that Montez Ford singles run uh, Perhaps on the SmackDown side like we had hoped Um, We get Imperium with Gunther as the IC champ Coming over to Raw That's a big big flip right? Because we could see Gunther very quickly elevated Into that World title picture that for that new World title I I think that's got to be Why they brought him over here because You can kind of you don't want him On the same brand with Roman Reigns Because then that means Gunther Really has a a ceiling You know he won't be able to to break through There you come over here Dude if you told me in a couple months Gunther was the the world champ With that new raw world championship I wouldn't be shocked No we both talked about that for the last several Months I mean the Rockets you know, ready to be put on him. And I, I think he's probably a pretty good, you know, fit uh, for whoever wins that championship. Now, it'll be interesting to see how long he remains the IC champion. You know, they flip. Well, we talked about probably what was going to happen with the U.S. champion uh, theory and the IC champion uh, Gunther flipping. But, I, you know, this is a guy that could be a good first opponent. For whoever, and the names being mentioned, as we mentioned last week, are still being mentioned, you know, with Seth, Cody, and maybe Drew. I mean, you talk about a phenomenal, you know, first opponent, whether it's heading into SummerSlam or, you know, that first big, big storyline with whoever's the new world heavyweight champion. The guy's phenomenal. He just got married over the weekend. He does everything right. I saw him dancing in a video, and I I don't know what's more scarier. Seeing Guther, like, giving this evil grin as he's dancing and knowing he could put a hole through your chest with that big hand of his that chop but he's always been a favorite of mine since uh since appearing from coming over from nxt uk to nxt and now shooting up to raw this guy's on fire man i I, it would not surprise me this time next year the guy may be the world heavyweight champion yeah i do like a lot of the the switches they're subtle but I think Edge sure, going over sure. to SmackDown, that'll freshen some things up a little bit. We could see another Edge going after Roman feud, right? We could we could put that somewhere. Matt Riddle stays on Raw because he can actually challenge for the world title there. He can't yes. challenge Roman Reigns anymore. You have Bobby Lashley that goes to SmackDown. He could be someone that you could actually elevate and put in a match with Roman. So that's sort of what I like is that you look at Edge, Lashley, and even with the OC and AJ going over there, any one of those three guys, Edge, Lashley, AJ, they could legitimately be put in a match with Roman, and it would feel fine. Like, I don't know if they're going to beat him, but they're they're on a tier that's good enough to slot them in for the world title, and they could be contenders for Roman Reigns. And it's something different. You know, yeah. it feels a little bit different. Yep. Um, and I do, like the, I do like those changes. It gets, you know, it gets... Lashley, some new looks. You know, of course, it was really, really good to see AJ back inside the ring uh, last Friday night on SmackDown. Him and Roman could be very, very fun. As you said, 
Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see. You know, there's so many rumors out there. You know, do they do they really want Roman Reigns to break this Bruno San Martino all time championship record? You know, I, I don't know, and and I don't know if if they know, but. Let's see. Let's see what happens with Roman Reigns on SmackDown. Will he be that guy that's not on SmackDown but once a month? I, I don't know if they can afford. I don't for either. That brand champion not to be on TV. So I expect him versus AJ or him versus Lashley. Something here pretty soon for him. Me to too. Get involved in after. At what it's got to be getting built for one of the big shows following Backlash. Sure. Right. I think you're going to sure. need Roman at one of those shows. And was nice. Banks coming up, right? So yep. he, can't, he, he could defend that title. Of course, there's a contingent out there saying that Roman's going to be in the money in the bank so he can win the Raw championship. If that happens, then you can just uh, throw everything out the window. I, I, I don't see I, that happening. I don't know. Yeah, that I wouldn't like that. Purpose, that defeats the purpose of the draft and bringing yeah. that belt back. Why would you give him three titles? You know, because so. you, you look at all the Raw, the, the top quote unquote draft picks from Raw, but a lot of the. They, the top selections are all guys that you could feel could hold this new title or could be challenging for this new title with Cody. You've got Gunther, you've got Riddle, you've got Drew McIntyre coming over and Nakamura who felt pretty fresh on raw all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. And you know, it, while Nakamura was around the last few years he hasn't been around the last like six months or so he kind of went over and was a part of the, the he had a match with the great muda on his like retirement um tour and talked about how he wants to win world championships which it's cool i just like when wrestlers say that that's all it's you so, need. yeah right yeah. isn't it like so simple to like oh they say that now i feel like they really want to win all he said was that he wanted to right but like <laughs> it's all it takes is just him telling us that that he wants to so I think Nakamura is in a good spot too. He feels he feels very fresh. The thing that was weird to me in looking at the the picks, I what do you think they're doing just with NXT overall? Man, I was about to ask you that. What do you think about the NXT call ups? Uh, you know, oh man, here's the thing that really is interesting. Uh, um, if you watched NXT this past Tuesday night, or this past, if you watched Raw Monday night, you saw that the two ta- the two tag teams that were set to go at it on NXT on Tuesday night for the NXT Women's Championship, which uh, Chance and Carter was not drafted yet, so we thought for sure they would they would go over and be the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Lo and behold, they get drafted on Raw. I know! And these two you... teams work. And, and... It's like the Spider-Man meme, right? Where yeah. they're both pointing at but each other. It's like, you? Other. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'll say this. They... they the, there's a lot of NXT people that have moved up, and I hear there could be some more after Backlash. Uh, we could get some some more NXT movement. If you watched NXT this past Tuesday, you saw a couple of new debuts. That's what it's for. You know, it's interesting. You know, it's not a it's it's not a do over for NXT. It, it, it's it's a new start. But here's the thing. You know, what these rosters look pretty loaded now. It, it, yeah, you're looking at them. Uh, they're loaded with some NXT talent. You know, how are you going to fit all these talent into three hours on Monday night and two hours on uh, on Friday night? That That is going to be a massive challenge for Triple H and uh, these bookers because these aren't talents that are just, oh, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're good. They're really, really good. 
breaks but the they, and they need and they need to be treated good too yes. right they need to they be given need stories to be treated as a call up like, they don't need exam- to be treated as a call up example we look at you know someone like a Johnny Gargano who you felt like wow with Triple H this is probably going to be automatic i think it's been a little unlucky for him cuz he's had an injury or two you know yeah, he's but hurt. Yeah, but sure. it's not as if his stories when he wasn't were perfect, right? He wasn't lighting the world on fire right off the bat with how they were presenting him. So it, then other guys come up and gals come up and they're great. And and yeah. they, they nail it, it with it, them it, right away. It, like it, Bianca has just been sure. top of the line solo. Like, sure. Oh, yeah, you know? that guy's been main eventing everything. Um, like, and then you bring up, uh, of all things, Indy Hartwell, the NXT Women's Champion, which, you know, she vacated the title, which was the right thing to do. Uh, and at least we have moment. all of um, the way on Raw yeah, now. And, and she mentioned that in her promo, that yep. go-away promo. She mentioned that. So, and then, of course, Dexter was there. But you tell me, how do you, of all the NXT call-ups, how in the hell do you keep Grayson Waller off of TV? That guy cut a promo after the call-up, and it was just, I know he, he would have been the one to interrupt it and be treated like, see, that's the problem. And we're not going to talk very much today about AEW just because it's Derby week and I've, uh, I've got a busy week. We're going to talk just backlash in the draft and we'll catch up with AEW a little bit more next week. Cause they still have a few weeks before their big show, but it reminds me a little bit of what, um, you know, with like with Jay white, if you don't make it seem like somebody's a big deal to me, I'm just not going to think they're that big of a deal. Right. You got a good point. You got a very good point. And uh, I, 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 th- I think I think Grayson, it, it, look, after Friday night SmackDown, which will be in, in Puerto Rico this weekend, and then, of course, Backlash, on Monday night, we should see a, a lot of, the, this ought to be a very, very highly anticipated version of Raw coming up this Monday night, just for the simple fact that's the new season is kicking off with these new rosters. Um I, I'm really looking forward to it because Grayson Waller's got to be one of those guys where you just pump a lot of stuff in, into him. The dude can talk better than probably half the half the superstars on, on main television. That guy has to be a, a main focus for one of these shows. So a couple others to mention. They had the supplemental picks. These are all those ones <laughs> that didn't get mentioned on TV. Uh, J.D. McDonough, J- uh, Zoe Stark, Apollo Crews all going to Raw. Poor Apollo Crews. Um, Natty. Natty's going to flip over to Raw. Chelsea and Sonya stay on Raw. Viking Raiders move over to Raw. So you'll get a little depth in the tag division in the women's division with Natty heading over there. Um, what do you think about Trish Stratus getting getting drafted? Does that mean she's going to be around through SummerSlam? I think so, right? That's yeah. got to mean she's going to be it hanging around be. for a little while be. at least. Yeah. Uh, Rhea will stay on Raw. Theory, Austin Theory goes to SmackDown. Rollins stays on Raw. Charlotte, SmackDown. KO and Sammy, they're drafted to Raw. Usos go to SmackDown. But it was interesting that the Usos were drafted separately from Roman and Solo, right? Who were drafted yeah, earlier yeah. together. Uh, they drafted the LWO together to SmackDown, <laughs> which was pretty great. Um, Liv and Raquel, they're going to come over to Raw. Asuka got drafted to SmackDown. Uh, New Day comes over to Raw. Feels like they've been on SmackDown for a while. That that could be good for the uh, the tag division and could be fun with uh, Xavier and Kofi coming over. Brawl and Brute stay on SmackDown. You, uh, Chad mentioned Trish on Raw. 
Cross and Scarlett on SmackDown, Ronda and Shayna, both of them could be singles challengers for a women's title. And then also with the women's tag stuff on Monday Night Raw. So that could be a flip. I really wanted LA Knight to come over to Raw. Me too. Me too. Gosh, you know, but I, but it was a good week for him. You know, he got a win and the dude is just over. And man, I'll tell you, like, and, and people will mention this on, on podcasts and stuff. Normally when you're at WrestleMania, like there, there'll always be like people doing the woo chants and stuff, but whoever's sort of like the underground about to like get, get hot star, the crowds will really chant their stuff. And there was so much like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> going on like the WrestleMania. The people are ready for this guy to break. Uh, Strowman and Ricochet come to Raw. See, that could be cool because, yeah. again, that's a tag. But both those guys, you could separate them. And now all of a sudden, you could make Ricochet believable to battle for this world title on Raw. One hundred percent. You could do it. Yeah. It yeah, takes. It's going to take of- a little work, but. You could do it. You have him win a couple matches, win a number one contenders tournament, something like that. And then all of a sudden, he's the underdog. He's never, he has, the only time he got this chance was against Brock Lesnar. You know, he, he, there's a story to tell there. And that could be a lot of fun. Bronson Reed stays on Raw. Pretty deadly. They're alive. They're alive. They're alive. They're crawling out. They crawled out. Oh, man. Those guys are on Raw. We have uh, Chance and Carter. They got drafted to Raw. And then the last pick, Cameron Grimes coming is to SmackDown. Is he, is he Mr. Irrelevant? I know. <laughs> to the moon. And, and you know what? I, you know, you're, you often wonder because there were some NXT, you know, stars that were announced being drafted during the show that didn't get a lot of pop on, on live television. I can tell you this. Cameron Grimes wasn't one of them because he got some pop. When they mentioned his name and they showed his picture on the on the big WWE Titan Tron, uh, sir, that that the crowd went crazy. That that guy is another one like Grayson Waller that that can be used in so many different ways because not only can he wrestle, he can he's really interesting on the microphone. So I think this finally we've been calling his his call up for over a year now. And uh, we finally get to see him uh, come up. Uh, So that'll be another exciting one to uh, sit back and watch and listen to. Dana Brooke, Nikki Cross, Johnny Gargano, Los Lotharios, Akira Tozawin, Piper Niven, Zia Lee, Tegan Knox, Emma, uh, Riddick Moss, Indushir, Jinder, Sangha, and Veer all come up to Raw. Um, And then Odyssey Jones comes up to Raw also. Tamina, Grayson Waller over to SmackDown. So that was... The draft as we head into backlash this weekend, Koopa Loop. And while there's no Roman Reigns and no world title being defended, the other world title won't necessarily have a, a champion for another few weeks. I'm still pretty excited for this show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And they haven't even announced any any sort of interaction with the Mysterios at all. Yeah. yeah. So we just sort of assume they're going to be a part of it because Damian Priest will be there. Dominic with Judgment Day will likely be in the corner. You'd imagine that Bad Bunny will probably stop, make his entrance, and then wave out the LWO 
right? Something like that. And then they all come out with him. But I, I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't have another Dominic Ray match or some something announced for this show. But honestly, maybe with Bad Bunny, they didn't even need to because he's such a big star. And <laughs> in, in Puerto Rico, dude, Damian Priest is a huge star too. He's doing all sorts of uh, big media over there. He's a massive, massive star. They've got Zelina Vega also on the card, which is going to be really cool for her to get this opportunity. Um, what do you think overall about the, uh, the backlash card? I think we have seven matches that are, uh, that are listed right now. Yeah. What bad bunny, when he came out, uh, what was that on? Not this past Monday, the following Monday and, uh, and just beat the, beat the heck out of priest with a, uh, with a kendo stick. Um, he said anything goes match, right? So he's no longer hosting. So this is anything goes match. So I assume a lot of people are probably going to get, you know, LWO judgment day, at least Dominic, um, will get involved in that match. Um, it's, it's, it's trending so well. And even if you don't like when WWE gets some of these, some of these, uh, these big Hollywood types or musicians involved, gotta say at least the last three or four five have worked out going back from johnny knoxville and the jackass with sammy Zayn to wrestlemania a couple of years ago uh logan paul has worked out bad bunny has seemed to be this guy could come in tomorrow you know and be a part of the roster every week and we could get into it you know um he's done so well and, and, and he's and he's such a an international superstar but it seems like he's really, really into it. It's different if you get a guy that's out there, maybe a pro football guy that really doesn't know what he's doing. Remember with Lawrence Taylor, it was cool to see Lawrence Taylor, but he was so green. And the only thing he could really do was that shoulder block. And you just, it really wasn't believable. And Dennis Rodman, yeah, it was kind of cool, but it really wasn't believable. Um, this this guy has, has seemed to make it believable. And uh, no, he, he one-on-one, he's not going to beat Damian Priest. Anything goes, you're going to have LWO out there. You're going to have Judgment Day out there. You're going to have weapons. It's uh, or street, uh, San Juan street fight. It's going to be really good. Just that match alone. And the crowd is going to be so hot beginning on Friday night with SmackDown. Oh, yeah. It's just going to roll oh, over. Yeah. And it's just going to be real intense. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it, man. I think this is – look, I've said it for a while now. A lot, you look, some WWE – Special events, they're no longer called pay-per-views or whatever. Um, they've been clunkers. But some of these off-the-wall ones, like the like a, like the WWE, they used to have one, something called Re- Rewind and Payback. Some of the ones you don't think are going to produce always end up producing. And if you can't get hyped over Bad Bunny and Damian Priest and what's been going on in this storyline, I'm just going to tell you right now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a shoot right here. This storyline is hotter right now than Bloodline. Bloodline has cooled off a little bit, and, and it's probably yep. going to pick back up once Roman's on SmackDown next week and the Usos. And I have a feeling we're going to have some turn there, and maybe you know Solo is his guy, and the Usos are not, and they may get shipped off to Raw and NXT. Hell, who knows? But this storyline with Judgment Day, LWO, Bad Bunny has been fantastic for the last several weeks. Weeks, it's really, really hot. And that's uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I can't wait to see this this event Saturday night. So, Bad Bunny, Damian Priest is the main event for the San Juan Street Fight. Got to imagine 
that there will be, you know, all that involvement oh, from yeah. the Mysterios in the uh, the Judgment Day. Bianca versus EO, kind of interesting because both of them are moving to SmackDown. Right. And they're challenging for the Raw Women's Championship. That's the only weird thing with the titles that are branded after the show, right? Because yeah. we had that weird, wonky thing with Becky and Charlotte when they did it, uh, what was it, last year or a couple years back? Yeah, then they just, what, showed up with a... You know, uh, drop them in the yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I don't expect Bianca to lose here. I, I think she's probably the one of the bigger favorites uh, in quite a while in a match. Eo, they'll is re, really really good. So this match is going to be really good. Um, yeah, there's going to be some things changing. Uh, I I don't know if you're going to have redesigned belts, new names for these titles. Um, but this will be interesting to see if they rebrand these titles into something different, a different look, other than just putting a blue leather strap on it when it used to be red. I would like something. I mean, I get it, the blue brand and the red brand. I know they've been calling that. It's unofficially been called that. I'd like to see a new design of these belts, too. Um, you know, like they did the, the World Heavyweight Champion uh, belt with the WWE logo in the middle of the smaller, and it looks more like an old school belt as something that's more kind of uh, modern contemporary type, uh, like the ones that they have now with the big W and all the diamonds. So I don't expect Bianca to lose here, but I'm expecting a really, a, a really good match between these two ladies. The triple threat match for the United States championship has Austin theory, Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed here. And, you have man, a moment where it feels like it could go either way, right? Yeah, like, this yeah. is a big moment. I would really love to see Bronson Reed pick up this win. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I, look, I, I don't see Bobby, Bob, Bobby, Bobby Lashley winning this at all. Um, it's either Theory's retaining or Bronson Reed is going to win. I, I think a win for Bronson, they, look, I said it last week, and I think the week before, they've been showing a lot of vignettes for this guy, you know, in between commercials, um, a video package for Bronson Reed. And this guy has picked up a lot of steam over the last several weeks on Raw. Um, I, I just think it, it would do him good to win this title. I really do. If he if he don't, you know, he's going to get pinned. I, I don't think Lashley's getting pinned. There, there's no way unless somebody starts a new feud with Lashley at this event, and I don't see that happening at all. So either Theory retains or Reed wins it, and I would prefer that Reed wins it. You know, I, I just do. I just do. What are they going to do with Seth freaking Rollins versus Omos? Man, I don't know. I don't know. I am more intrigued. Like I said last week, I'm more intrigued about this match than Brock Omos because we knew that was going to be a glorified squash. Hey, look, I saw Omos in person for the first time last weekend, and he squashed Elias. And he, he's just, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. He's not very good. He's not. He's not very good in the ring. They they only do, did a couple of spots with him. He botched two of them. Elias had to make up and overcompensate for some things in, in, in a two-minute match. Physically, uh, he looks fantastic. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what all you could do here. When you have one guy that really can't do much of anything except maybe for a sidewalk slam, a big boot, and a choke slam. I, I don't know. So I'm hoping Seth brings 
brings the best out of Omos. So after this match, we can say, okay, okay, Omos can work with, with, with some guys. I'm hoping that, but I'm not expecting a whole lot out of this. Rhea Ripley versus Alina Vega. Zero chance. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, that Selena's going to win, but this should be good for her, right? She gets an opportunity to show it in front of her, like her home country. And I think like she's going to get, she's going to give a better performance than I think people are expecting or realizing she has improved a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw that in that, uh, tag, uh, 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 was that Monday night? They they had the the six person tag where she was involved in. I can tell you this: if this match was happening any other place other than Puerto Rico, uh, Selena Vega would probably get booed out of the building. Let me tell you, Rhea Ripley is is so on fire. She was in she she worked Shotzi uh, last weekend in a house show, and Shotzi came out first, and everybody was pumped up. But then out come Rhea, and people just. Man, she's got this presence about her, and I mean, during the match, which went 10, 15 minutes for these two ladies, uh, anytime Shotzi would would get one over on on Rhea, the the crowd would boo. They're they're so behind Rhea, she's so popular, but uh, on Saturday night, she won't be, or this Friday and Saturday, she won't be, and look, Zelina's just so small, and Rhea's so big, it's going to be a be fun, fun match, it, right? It like, be, a story yeah. to tell. Yeah, because Zelina's a high flyer. She can do some moves. Look, don't let those uh, don't let those pretty looks and, uh, you know, I know she's a big gamer. Don't let all that fool, fool you because we've seen her multiple times in a WWE ring uh, pull off some, some pretty impressive moves. And I expect, look, Rhea is on top of her game. She, she's, <laughs> she's pretty hot right now, man. And... Uh, She's really good in the rings. Alina's very good. Just the size contrast is going to make this match uh, interesting, plus a high crowd. I expect a couple of false finishes. I would think they're going to have at least one or two close ones, you know, for the crowd. Uh, But it's going to be fun. It's new. I haven't seen these two uh, uh, ladies together other than this last Monday night, so it's going to be fun, you know. We have the six-man tag, Matt Riddle. KO and Sami Zayn versus the Bloodline, Solo Sokoa, Jimmy and Jay Uso. I mean, this should be a blast. Sure. Th- this thing's going to be awesome. And on this type of a show, I'm sure they'll get plenty of time. They'll give these guys like 20 minutes out there to go have a, a banger of a match, tell a really good story. Who do you think wins? Well, the Usos are on this long losing streak, so I expect them to lose. One, One of them to lose, and it yeah. to to like stir a little something up with them and Solo and and Heyman. Yeah, maybe Solo walks out on them. You know, at the end, you know, him and Paul Heyman walking out. I'm sure Paul's going to be with Solo. Um, I, I probably that. I, I wouldn't. I, I don't want Ko or, or Sammy getting pinned. I, I don't see why Matt. Somebody's going to be Matt Riddle. But right now, the storyline is it's the Usos losing, and I think them losing again. They lost last week on SmackDown. Them losing again at another big event, getting pinned, and that heads into next Friday night with Roman, and we finally get the meetup. They're on this long losing streak. I, yeah, I, I look for Sammy, KO, and, and Riddle to win, and then something happened there, and maybe Solo walks out on them. But it, it all leads to next Friday night when uh, the Tribal Chief finally uh, we get to hear him and see what he says about the Usos. I think we're going to get an Uso turn here eventually. Uh, I, I'm telling you again, they're over too. 
Uh, you had 5,500 people in Beaumont, and they worked the main event against KO and Sammy. And the Usos are popular. They really people are. People want to cheer for them. Yeah, they again. Do. They're so good, man. They're really so good in the ring, and they're so personable. They're, and they, sell, they still sell a lot of merch. You'd be surprised how many uh, Us t-shirts uh, that were sold that night. So I see, I, I can see them getting shipped back to Raw, Roman trading them, and, and them turning face for a while. Welcome to the Uso Penitentiary. <laughs> yes. uh, Cody Brock, is this like the first of a couple oh, between man. these two, or is this just a way to get like a strong rebuilding match, pick up back a win for Cody, then he can head back towards Roman? He, I mean, but but here's the thing. They're on different brands right now. Sure, sure. So, I mean, and and from some of the rumors and reports I've heard, that is the plan for it to be Cody and Roman at WrestleMania again next year. And I don't have a problem with that. I, I'm sure the storyline will be good. The interesting part will be, uh, you know, Cody Cody and Brock had, had two pretty good confrontations over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you saw some real, some real personality come out in Cody. Um, yeah, we saw some good stuff with Cody Paul Heyman in, in those great promos that they did leading up to that big WrestleMania match. Well, we've seen some stuff out of Cody that we haven't seen in a while. I mean, he, he's he's angry. And, and, man, who doesn't love Brock Lesnar coming out with this black trench coat and this black cowboy hat? I, I, I don't know. Cody cut an interesting promo before they got into it again. Something about being, saying, hey, look, if I can't beat Brock Lesnar, this is the back of the line for me. You know, and I, uh, you know, let's don't paint yourself in a corner here. You know, let, let's not do that. I, I think this is one of several. Uh, you probably in this at SummerSlam, maybe. But will it still be that interesting? Is Cody still so hot that you can be okay with him? You know, let, let's be honest. He came out of WrestleMania with a loss. And, yeah, he's had some great matches on Raw. But does Cody, is he going to become the guy that loses the big matches on all pay-per-views? I don't know. This is, gonna be, this, this is probably the most intriguing match of the night on Saturday night. Koopa Loop. We've got a, a big Saturday because we got the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. That's going to lead us right into Backlash. So that'll be a, a lot of fun. Did, oh, yeah. uh, have you have you thought, looked at the race at all or done any handicapping? Or is there a, uh, any horses you've been following along that you're going to play this weekend? Yeah, I always root for a couple of horses. Um, you know, I looked at Tappet Trice. You know, it concerns me about his inside draw a little bit because it's such a big field. But he, he's... He broke out of the one hole in his last start. What was that in the bluegrass stakes um, that that he won? And he had to hold off. Uh, was that verifying? Yes. Yep. If you like Tappet Trice, you probably want to put verifying in there. But I think he can. I think he can get a good start here. I, I, I don't look. You have a twelve to one to his right, and you have a twenty to one to his left. There is some concern. You look at his last two running lines. There's been some problems in those races, but he's been able to overcome it. He gets a hot jockey. He's uh, great breeding. If it's some off track here, I think he'll be fine on it. And uh, man, I will say he was a horse who, before his last race, I wasn't sure because he's one of those horses who's a little bit quirky. Uh, he's a little wonky. Yes. Like it, yes. he's is, and he's sort of like his own worst enemy. He's very, very talented, but he can be a little goofy. He looked like he matured a lot in that last race. Like what he seemed like he could do is 
it seemed like he had multiple gears. Like, oh, yeah. he could move, yeah. and then he could put him into position here, and then come on again and take on verifying. And I, I got a lot higher on him um, after the uh, that last race. Yeah, I, I did too. And you know, I like looking looking at horses that could light up the board. Um, this horse probably has no shot to win. Uh, you know, with the big scratch earlier today, the big California horse is probably going to going to crush some of these odds. But I'm looking for a horse on the back end, maybe to come rolling late, maybe get third at best. Fourth is the nine horse Skinner. Yeah, uh, like that's but, one of mine, Coop. I like that man, one for sure. I just like the. I, I love I love horses that that can come late. Um, this was a horse that showed. A lot of grittiness over the last three, two or three starts. He finally broke his maiden. Last two starts, he didn't win. But you know what? That's okay. I'm not betting this horse to win. Um, I, I'm betting this horse to hit the board. And he's ran behind some pretty good horses here. Um, I, again, he popped a 99 last time out at Santa Anita in the Santa Anita Derby. Running behind the horse that just scratched. So if this horse can hit the board for me, I'm going to build some tickets around the nine-horse skinner here, Gino. I agree. He's training really, really well. All good reports. Picked up a very live jock. And he, Chad, he's the kind of horse just following along um, from him uh, a while in Southern California. Yeah. He's been a horse that when they have smaller fields, they hurt him because of his running style. He actually needs like a bigger field like this where he can just sort of take back, make a big run. Um, Juan Hernandez is a very underrated jock. Skinner is in the mix for me. He's definitely going to be in my exotic tickets. Koopa Loop, who are you partying with this weekend, man? Where are we going to see you on Instagram, on social media? You're going to be out there with, uh, next thing we know, you're going to, it's going to be Chad Cooper instead of Paul Heyman in the bloodline. You're going to be there like walking solo Sokoa all over. You're going to be on the phone yeah. dealing with, you're going to be the official photog for the bloodline. I'm going to see you everywhere. Yeah, man. I'm, yeah. I'm really, I'm happy. I know I'm giving you some, uh, some crap, but I'm happy to see you man, uh, doing well. And I'm happy to see them giving you, uh, giving you some love because you work hard. You love wrestling. You know sports really well. All the work that you do, you uh, you take it seriously, and you do a great job. You're a really good friend. Good job, buddy. I'm I'm happy that uh, that you're getting some love this week. I appreciate it, Gino. And hey, look, man, I've been uh, you've been uh, touting Thrive Fantasy, man. I tell you what, I finally made the plunge, and uh, I've been taking several of your picks and uh, throwing one in there of mine. And uh, I tell you what, these little these three prop parlays four props. man they're fun parlays. huh just a few and bucks here and there dude i look I, I put together three or four of them just throwing a couple of bucks and i'm up like 120 130 dollars in three or four bets and it, it's just so fun and so easy you don't have to go through the a, a crazy app or a crazy process to get through it and, and no and you, like you said you're in sure. texas i'm in california yeah. we can't bet on other sports no. legally we can bet these these are exactly like if you were playing a parlay of props, but we actually yeah. get better payouts on these parlays yeah, and, and than I'm you would at guy. other state. We we get I, better better payouts. So and, and I'm a prop guy, so this is perfect. So I, I've been following your uh your guys lead. Good stuff, man. man. So it's, it's been fun. So it's been fun to be a part of uh, the whole process, man. Awesome. Awesome. Well, glad to hear it, buddy. Glad you're making some money and good luck to you this weekend. Hope you have a great one. Cash some tickets and uh yeah, let's let's enjoy this backlash show. It looks good really good on paper.
We'll talk next week, Gino. Yep, next week we'll catch up on some AEW and some NXT, and uh, we'll see what went down in Puerto Rico. Thanks so much for hanging out with us this week, folks, but don't go anywhere. There's still a lot more to discuss on this episode of That's What G Said. And that's going to do it for this episode of That's What G Said. A big thank you to Chad Koopaloo. Chad Cooper for helping us out. Thank you to DZ. Good luck to DZ with his plays this weekend. Remember, Kentucky Oaks Friday preview show. We have a full show for that if you need help. We have a full show for Saturday for the Kentucky Derby Day. All of the stakes races. And we'll also be covering Louisiana Downs and Santa Anita as they continue racing. So you'll be hearing about them all the time right here on That's What G Said. Or if you go give me a follow, it's me, Gino B. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, folks. Good luck this weekend. Yeah.